This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to It's All Political, the San Francisco Chronicles political podcast. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicles senior political writer. And today in the podcast, we have a Republican, San Diego Mayor Kevin Faulkner. This is the guy that Republicans always turn to when a big job opens up, like governor, U.S. Senate. Is Faulkner going to run? Is Faulkner going to run? So far, he hasn't, but they're hoping he does because he's a different kind of Republican. He didn't vote for President Trump. He, he butts heads with him. He tries to work with him. He butts heads with him. He's pro-choice. He's pro-same-sex marriage. He acknowledges climate change. So he's a different kind of guy. We talked to him about that, and we talked to him about his work on the homeless issue in San Diego. He wants to talk about that and, and also some statewide solutions. Next, the great Republican hope, Kevin Faulkner on It's All Political. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Mayor Kevin Faulkner, welcome to San Francisco. Welcome to It's All Politico. Welcome to the city of St. Francis. Thank you. It's uh, it's great to be back. Yes, you, you lived here. I just learned this. You lived here for a while. I did in the early 90s. I uh, uh, I loved it. It was a great, great time. I was up here for the Coral Foundation's uh, uh, mm-hmm. fellowship program and then uh, ended up staying for a, a number of years and uh, met, uh, who turned out to be a tremendous mentor to me, who was very involved here in San Francisco politics, uh, Don Solom. Yes. Worked for the, worked legendary with Democratic strategist. Legendary there. guy, a, yeah. a great guy. I miss him dearly. Yeah. Um, so you understand the San Francisco vibe. As, <laughs> I, as much I, as any of us A do. little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I, you had to, you know, you have to be here for a couple of years to get yeah, it. To but, get uh, it. Right, right. Uh, but no, great, great time. I love this city. Um, it's great to, it's great to be back. Let's talk homelessness because in your recent state of the state, you said you would focus on homelessness. Yes. Uh, San Diego, uh, it's like many big cities up and down the West Coast, challenges with homelessness. But it went down actually in San Diego County. Tell us what uh, what you're doing there and what, what big cities should be doing about homelessness. Yeah, no, um, it's the number one issue that, that I deal with as mayor. Um, and actually homelessness and housing, if you combine both of them. Um, uh, yes, it, it went down slightly in, in San Diego County. And I, look, I, I think that's a positive uh, development. Um, but we've got a lot of work to do. Right. We have thousands of people that are still on the street. Um, I've really tried to set the tone of action, challenging the status quo, not just doing things the way they used to be done you know, 10 or 15 years ago. Um, because if we did that, we'd get the same result. Uh, and so I, I'm all about action, taking uh, concrete steps with one goal. How do we get people off the street, but not just for a night, uh, but transition them into long-term housing? So if you look at some of the steps that, that we've been taking in, in San Diego that I think are helping uh, not only people, but to uh, help the surrounding neighborhoods, uh, we've opened up bridge shelters. 
Uh, we've opened up uh, storage centers. Um, we've opened up safe parking lots, uh, and we're doing so much more. Um, but again, with a with a overall philosophy of it's not okay to let somebody stay on the street, a riverbed, or a tarp as a home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cannot allow that to happen. That is no way to run a major American city. So Sacramento Mayor uh, Daryl Steinberg, one of your fellow mayors, and he also heads the state's uh, homelessness task force. He wants a an enforceable statewide right to shelter is what it's called. That would require communities that when you have enough shelter space to accommodate your homeless population, homeless folks would be required to go inside mm-hmm. or else uh, face some sort of penalty to be to be decided. Do you support that right to shelter? Some some homeless advocates say they some hate it, and some say this is the only thing that will literally take people off the street. In essence, we're doing that now in San Diego. Um, and I, I spend a lot of time uh, with, with Mayor Steinberg and you know, a lot of my other fellow big city mayors on, again, making changes to help get folks off the street. Um, it's incumbent to actually have those bridge shelters, which we have developed in, in San Diego. And I think if I look back since they've been open over the last year and a half, we've had representatives from over uh, 40 different cities or agencies that come down to look at what we're doing. And we've said very clearly, to get to your point directly, um, that we're providing these shelters with the help, with the support, clean, hygienic, you know, showers, washer, dryers, all of the things that, again, to help in an emergency standpoint, but you need to use them. And so, again, back to allowing somebody to sleep in front of somebody's home, in front of somebody's business, when we have a shelter bed available is not something that we should so, accept. So do you support that, that right to shelter? I do. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about <laughs> gig workers. Uh, I've been to lovely San Diego many times. You have a lot of gig workers there, Lyft drivers, Uber drivers. Um, we have a, some uh, legislation in Sacramento right now called AB5, and that would turn uh, Uber and Lyft drivers and other gig workers into company, into company employees instead of independent contractors, which they are now. They'd get access to benefits like health insurance and workers' comp. The Assembly passed this, uh, and the the state senate does the same. It's going to be on the governor's desk uh, in a couple of weeks. Where are you on this? Are you? Look, what, I, what do you I, where do you think about this? Because Newsom has been. Uh, we've called him out for being exceptionally Weasley on this bill. Uh, yeah, I, where I, are you at? I, on I this? think it's important. It's not just for the gig economy, but for so many other things that we do. Yes. Journalism, just to name one example. Yes, thank you. Uh, to have the, the ability to <laughs> folks to have that independent contractor status. I, I think it makes sense. You, you cannot have a one size fits all policy for everybody. That's my concern with the bill as it's written now. So I think we want to provide and promote opportunities for folks to be independent contractors and make those decisions for themselves, uh, I think that's the right thing to do. What do you do about like benefits, like this, some sort of safety net for these workers? Because they, you know, they don't have workers' comp. Uh, they don't have uh, uh, health benefits and such. How do, you, how do you take care of them there? Again, I, mean, it's, I think there's a balanced approach that needs to happen uh, on this. But I think if you just say overwhelmingly you're going to take that ability away for somebody to help make those decisions for them and apparently make some of their decisions for what the health care needs and benefits that they need to do, um, I think that's the wrong approach. All right, let's let's uh, let's bum out a little bit and let's talk about the California Republican Party for a second. <laughs> Happy the, to do so. <laughs> they're having their convention in a few minutes. You'll be speaking yeah. about about homelessness there. I will. Yeah. And um, but uh, just to summarize where the party status is right now: no statewide officials, uh, super minority in the legislature can fit the whole House delegation into a minivan at this point, literally. Um, Catherine Baker, uh, which I, I know. It, 
I think you're simpatico with her in many ways. She was on the podcast a couple months yeah, ago. Oh, good. They think very highly of Kathy. Yes, she's a good person. And uh, she was an East Bay Assemblywoman. And she was, you know, she was the last Republican to represent the Bay Area. It's a, you know, we are we are one party rule up here. As you, as you, Th- thank probably, you for reminding me of all of these facts. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> probably not surprising to you. Um, she like you support same sex marriage. Uh, she's pro choice and gun pro gun control. You're you're kind of in the same ballpark there. She wants to produce uh, uh, solutions to climate change. You've been out up front about that in your city. She said she lost because the Republican brand is quote toxic in California. How should California Republicans go about things differently well, to dig a, out of the hole? That's a great question um, and, and one that I spend a lot of time on. Yes. Um, and as I have the opportunity when I'm in different parts of the state uh, to really take that head on um, to say that, that I believe strongly that California should not be a carbon copy of the national party. Uh, we are unique. Um, and it's incumbent upon us to communicate those values, to communicate that approach. Uh, and I believe very strongly that for us to be successful as a party in California, we have to be the party that actually provides real results and t- tackles issues that people are dealing with in a common sense manner, has that fiscal responsibility that is going to allow us to make some of the changes that we need to make. And when we do that, when we can show that we're actually making a difference in people's lives, we'll win. And we'll win again. Um, San Diego used to be a, a majority Republican electorate. Yes. If you look back 30 years ago. Uh, Pete, the days of Pete Wilson, our uh, former governor, yes. No longer the case. No longer Majority the case. Democrat city. Not, not surprised. This is all in California. You actually won a decent chunk of Latino vote there. Uh, y- yes, we did. Uh, again, because it's not – you know, I don't focus on – the issues that I, you know, are, are overtly partisan. I don't think you should as mayor. Like, I think you got to make be? sure you're paving the streets. You're keeping our libraries and rec centers open. I'm hiring cops and firefighters, and I'm doing so in a manner. And again, that's always looking out for where are we spending our money. Um, and San Diego Republican registration right now, I think, believe is twenty two percent. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I won with fifty seven percent of the vote. So you you are successful when you you speak in common sense terms and you provide solutions that Democrats want, that independents want, that Republicans want, again, that I think make common sense. When we do that as Republicans in California, we will win again. A party that's inclusive, a party that really talks about reform, and a party that delivers results. We can do those things. We will win. What, so what are these issues that you don't talk about? What, what should you avoid that sometimes the, the state party kind of steers to? I, I don't think there's a particular topic or two. People, look, people are going to have different views on a particular policy issue, right? That's going to be the same Republican Party as the Democratic right. Party. Um, but again, if, if I look at where I think that we should be going um, as, a, as a party um, – I'm really big on on fiscal reform uh, and some of the changes that we made. We we made a significant change, just to give you one example, in San Diego on pension reform that I am absolutely convinced we need to do in other cities and the state of California Tell, as a explain whole. Explain what you did there. And, and, could this, and how could this be scaled statewide? If you look back on, on a lot of the things that San Diego was doing the wrong way when it, termed, when it came to fiscal issues, uh, underfunding, deliberately underfunding the pension. Uh, was front and center 10 years ago. Our city was literally on the verge of bankruptcy, frozen out of the capital markets, under investigation by the Securities and Exchange Commission. I was part of a group that ran at the time for city council and then mayor that said, we're going to change that. Um, 
And, and one of the things, when you look back, and, and by the way, we are still paying off in those mistakes of the past when it came from deliberately underfunding the pension, $100 million a year, every year in our budget. We got out of that business and we put it in front of the voters again, and it passed with 65% of the vote back to San Diego being a majority democratic city. It wasn't a partisan issue. It was the right thing that people understood that for us to maintain our fiscal solvency, to provide resources for the neighborhoods, we needed to make a change. We did in San Diego. It wasn't easy, but we're going to have to do it in other big cities across the state of California and indeed the state itself um, because we are headed the wrong direction. It is unsustainable in California. How did – one of the, the major problems the party has had is with Latino voters. There's been efforts uh, statewide to sort of recruit uh, Latino Republicans. But as we've written here at The Chronicle, uh, that, that on, once they get to the point where – you know, you don't, have to, you don't have to declare your party until you're running for the legislature or something like that. Uh, once they put the R next to their name, then it's, it becomes harder. What did you learn in San Diego – that could help other Republicans in terms of – you say we have to you know, reach out to folks. What, what does that mean? What does that look like specifically? I'm a big believer in that um, and your, your actions have to speak louder than your words I think to get to your point. Um, you know, we, did, we did lots of things like, such as opening my, my – you know, my campaign ran on one San Diego, which was to say our city in my opinion truly can't be great until every neighborhood is, is doing great and getting its fair share of services. I opened up my campaign office in a predominantly African-American part of, of San Diego. And I vividly remember some, uh, a guy who came up to me and said, we haven't seen a Republican here uh, in a long time. I said, well, my name's Kevin. Uh, you're going to be seeing a lot more of me, hopefully. Mm. Um, my first television ad I did when I ran for mayor was in Spanish, me speaking to the camera. Uh, again, because- you speak, you speak fluent Spanish. Poquito, si. Well, right. Not fluent, a, a little bit. A little bit. You can conversational. <laughs> uh, okay. But, but, but your job is to be, as mayor, if you want to run a city, to outreach and to involve everybody in the decision-making process, whether it's their Latino or African-American, Asian-American, LGBTQ. Um, that's the type of, of governing structure that I think works. Back to what, I, what we were talking about, I think is going to be – needs to be reflective in the statewide Republican Party. Uh, when we do that and then when we back those actions up with words and policies – they're actually helping small Latino businesses uh, navigate the system at City Hall, are opening rec centers and libraries to their highest number of hours that we've done in decades that help all of our families. That's common sense actions that, again, it cuts across partisanship. It cuts across demographics. That's what I think people want to see. I think that's, that holds true in San Diego, San Francisco, L.A., and Sacramento. Um, let's, let's talk about the president. Uh, your friend Catherine Baker said – told me supporting Trump would be a, quote, path to death for the Republican Party in California. Do you agree? The party's a big party. People are going to make their own decisions. Yeah. Uh, and, I've, and I've worked very well with, uh, with Catherine. Again, I, I think it's important for us um, to, to help create our own brand and what makes us Californians. Again, back to that small business, back <clears throat> to fiscal responsibility, and, and back to a party that is very inclusive. Um, I spent a lot of time on those issues. I think that is the future of the California Republican Party. Again, that, that I don't believe we should just be a carbon copy of the National Party. Did you vote for Trump? I did not. Who'd you vote for? I wrote in uh, Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan. There he goes. <laughs> he, he finished a distant. Uh, uh, yeah, he, he was he, in he, back he, in the pack. He, he didn't make it. He yeah. didn't make it. No. Would you vote for the president again? You know, I'll, I'll be making all of my endorsements for the federal <laughs> level uh, coming up here. What does being a Republican mean to you? 
in other words, they're, they're, right now, you know, nationally, there's you, you say we can't be a carbon copy, but there's no really Republican Party that's distinguishable from the president. Well, but but, what, I, but what I, I think if you look at what we're what we're doing in California, I think there's a lot of um, momentum and energy. Um, you know, we we have a new uh, chair of of the Republican Party, yes, Jessica Patterson. Uh, Jessica's doing a remarkable job. The first Latina in the history who's first held millennial, that I believe, too. Yes. Uh, yeah, and so she's going like gangbusters again. And I think Jessica has the right approach, and I think one that's similar to mine, which is let's cast a very wide net as as Republicans in California. Um, let's get back to some of those core issues. Um, and so I think there's a lot of energy when it comes to the state party right now. Um, I'll be out at the convention myself uh, next week talking about some of the things that we're doing on housing and homelessness and reforms, fiscal reforms. When we talk about those kind of common sense issues. There's always going to be <laughs> enough you know, rancor at the national level. But let's focus on results here in California. What – where do you differ from the president on the border? Because, you know, in June, you were there for a border conference. You met with the president. And he, and afterwards, the president said, we, we just finished San Diego, as you know, San Diego and California. They're so happy. The mayor was in my office. Great guy. He came up to thank me. I'm not doing my Trump impression, by the way, to, to spare you of that. He came up to thank me for having done the wall because it's made such a difference. He said it's like night and day. He said people were flowing across and now nobody can come in. You'd. You didn't say that we to had, the president. I, I did not. We had different views of the conversation. <laughs> so um, that was I'll, wrong. I'll just leave it at that. Yes. Um, but what I did will you tell, tell you the when, president about the, well, about the wall? We really talked to – I mean I was there for a couple of things. First and foremost, the issue of, of trade. And mm -hmm. we, we are the largest uh, you know, uh, border crossing in North America at San Diego. Free trade is incredibly important for us to keep going. So uh, supporting the USMCA, uh, trying to actually get that through Congress – um, is just – it's a competitive advantage. It's a strength for us in San Diego. And, and I would say our overall relationship with Mexico is a strength. Um, you know, when, when we talk about, you know, San Diego and our neighbor right next door in Tijuana, not necessarily as two cities, but as one region. Mm -hmm. um, it very much so is. We, we interact all of the time. And so I don't talk a lot about what divides us. I talk about what makes us stronger together. Um, I'll just give you one example from an, from an economic powerhouse perspective. If you take what we're doing in medical device manufacturing in San Diego, what Tijuana is doing on the other side of medical device manufacturing, put us together. We are the largest region of medical device manufacturing on the planet. Again, that's a strength. That's a competitive advantage. So the more we can do to help the, that cross-border flow of goods and services and the communication. And when I got elected first as mayor, uh, the second day on the job, I went right next door to the mayor of Tijuana. And I said, we're going to have a great relationship. We have had a great relationship. Um, and we're going to focus on what mayors do. Let's actually have policies that put people to work and, and celebrate and work together. We're going to have problems, but let's actually make a difference in our border region. How are these tariffs hurting San Diego or are they helping uh, the region? Oh, in general, tariffs are, are not helpful. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm, that's why I'm such a big believer in free trade. That's why I'm such with such a strong advocate of – of getting NAFTA, which is now USMCA, yes. uh, reauthorized. One of the few things that that actually could get through Congress in the fall. I hope so. Um, but but there's a lot of partisan stuff. I mean, yes. you, we, you know that. Um, but I think it's the right thing for this country. I think it's the right thing for California. Um, and when you talk about the jobs, I mean, in the San Diego region alone, we have over 110,000 jobs that are dependent upon free trade. Uh, we want to grow that. We know how to compete in California. We know how to compete in San Diego. Um, and so I'm, I've been very vocal, not just here in California, but um, back in Washington, D.C., trying to put a, you know, a, a, a real world face, if you will, on 
our story of success as a as a binational border region because if we're not telling that story of success, nobody's going to tell it for us. Um, so, is there any specific industries that are that are affected by the tariffs right now in, in your part of the state? I, I think San Diego, just like everybody else, is going to be affected equally by a lot of this. Yeah. Um, and and that is, you know, again, getting back to we can compete as a city, we can compete as a state, um, but that's why free trade is so important. Okay. So, Merritt, you are often seen as the great hope of the California Republican Party. <laughs> I mean, seriously, every every time there's some kind of opening, it's like, yeah. is Falconer going to run? What's he going to Is he going to run for Senate? Is he going to run for governor? You have declined to run. Uh, you said yeah. when you were elected that uh, for your second term in San Diego in uh, 2016, I'm going to I'm going to serve this out in my I four know. years. And you actually did it, or you're close to doing it. <laughs> yes, I, but it's I am. <laughs> almost 2020. What what are you gonna what's next? There's no real off state office to run for here. There's it's always just, you know, there's always people that are always trying to get you to run for something else or people that are looking at their <laughs> next you, step. You'll have to come I'm, on, you have I'm, to think about your next step now. I'm it is. And my, my next step is finishing strong in San Diego yes, in the next okay. year and a half. Um and particularly on the issues that we've been talking about on housing and, and homeless and, and reforming those. Um, there's, there'll be plenty of time to think about other things afterwards, but I, I think we are in, just in San Diego and in every city in California right now, the, these are the issues of the day. It takes your 100% effort. You take right. your eye off the ball. You're not going to be successful. But you've not, uh, you're, this is not the end for you in politics. You're not thinking of retiring. I love, I love public service. I yes. love it. There's, you know, it's, and sometimes it depends on the day, right? <laughs> but, yes, I can imagine. But like, like any, some days you like, want to retire like, like at about 2.30. Yeah. Um, but to solve problems, uh, to have the, what is really an opportunity to be on the, on the front lines of some some really big issues and trying again to have some uh, some new original thought to to put the political will on the backbone to make changes. Uh, I'm enjoying it uh, personally, but I'm enjoying it more um, because I think we're making a difference in in particularly out on the streets. Where did that the drive for public service come from, by the way? Oh, I'm sure it's my parents. What, what, tell us about how that uh, yeah, shaped no, you. Uh, my dad, um, I grew up in Oxnard, California, so mm -hmm. Ventura County. Uh, my dad worked for the, the city of Oxnard, and he was in the city manager's office. So, you know, as a kid, I was exposed to city government at a, at a young level. I remember doing homework in the back of the council chambers late at night. Uh, but my mom, uh, who was just really uh, active in so many things in my hometown, uh, put herself through a uh, night school. She was a secretary and just always stressed uh, to me the importance about getting involved. And so... Uh, there's no doubt that that was, the, I think, the genesis. Um, you know, back to what were some very formative years in my life here in, in San Francisco, the Coral Foundations program was was just uh, just phenomenally. Explain uh, phenomenally what Coral positive. is for folks who don't know what that is. Yeah, it, it's a year long uh, program, uh, and you do it with a, with a group of of uh, other folks with you, about twelve that you go through together. Again, Republican Democrat, mm -hmm. and you're actually placed in a series of assignments. So. Uh, you're in a, in a corporate uh, uh, area. You're in a political campaign. You're at a community organization and forced to help solve problems and experience real-world issues. I was at Glide Memorial Church uh, with yes. Reverend, Reverend Williams. Um, you know, here's this kid it's from a, San, it's San, a church right in the middle of uh, San Francisco in the, yeah. one of the toughest neighborhoods. Absolutely. Yes. And so here's do, this kid from San Diego outreach. right in the middle of the Tenderloin um, being exposed head-on. So I'm, I'm a big believer in that experiential uh, type of learning. Um, and it really forces you to work with people that are different from you and different backgrounds. Again, back to the work that, that, that I do, um, if, if I'm going to be successful as mayor, I better be able to work with Democrats, independents, Republicans to actually get policy across the finish line. We have a majority Democrat city council in San Diego. 
yet we've been able to pass our budgets and do the things we need to do. It takes work. It takes push and pull. Um, but I'm a – hopefully, as you can tell from the short time we've been together, um, I'm a big believer in put some of that partisanship aside and focus on results. Uh, most important – can you still be a Chargers fan even though they're playing? And by the way, it's a very cool little stadium there now. But I mean, can you still? Are you? Do you, do you harbor still, the bitterness? Still, still, you still like the, bitterness? the players. The team made the wrong decision, and I think you've, you've seen that there. <laughs> Proof is in the pudding. <laughs> All right, Mayor Falkner, thank you so much for being on. A pleasure political. to be with you. Thank right. you. Thanks. I'd like to thank you all for listening. I'd like to thank Mayor Kevin Faulkner for coming to San Francisco today to be on the podcast. I'd like to thank Erica Carlos for producing today's podcast. And remember, whether you think the California Republican Party is dead or still kicking, it's all political. It's all political as part of the San Francisco Chronicle podcast network. Audrey Cooper is our editor-in-chief. Our music, our theme music that we have is Cattle Call. That's written by Randy Clark and performed by Randy Clark and Crow Song. If you like this show, subscribe, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For more great journalism like this, subscribe to the San Francisco Chronicle at sanfranciscochronicle.com slash subscribe. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Garofoli. Thanks.